So what's the point of actually warning people about something if they're not going to take the warning seriously? Hi, this is Phil Gursky, President and CEO of Borealis Threat Risk Consulting in Russell, Canada, and you're listening to Quick Hits. I got a surprise for you today, a bit of a treat. In today's broadcast, I'm going to talk about two very, very different issues, but they actually three, uh, but there's a link amongst all of them. But before I start, I'm going to start with an old joke. Uh, stop me if you've heard this one. There was once a man who lived in a town which was beset by a tremendous a rainstorm. Uh, the rain kept falling and the water kept getting deeper and there were concerns that the place would be flooded over. The man was standing on his front porch and the water was lapping at his feet when a boat came by saying, the mayor's just announced an evacuation. You got to get inside the boat and we'll rescue you. The guy said, nope, God's going to save me. The boat went off. An hour later, the water kept rising the man was now on his second floor, and the water had reached up there, and a second boat came by and said, look it, this is your last chance. You got to get in the boat. Evacuation order's in place. Guy said, nope, God's going to save me. Guy said, okay, and the boat went off. Finally, the water had risen so high that the man was on his roof. He was up to his neck in water, and a helicopter hovered over, dropped a rope ladder, and said, okay, come on, get on the helicopter. We'll take you to safety. The guy said, nope. God's going to save me. Helicopter pilot couldn't wait any longer. He flew off, left the man to his own devices, and sure enough, he drowned. After he died, he went to heaven, and that's where he met his God. And he said, God, he says, you failed me. I worshipped you and followed you and obeyed your commandments all of, all of my life. And in my hour of most need, you weren't there for me. And God looked at the man, smiled, and he said, weren't there for you? I sent two fucking boats and a helicopter. What else do you want? Okay, maybe the Lord didn't use the F-bomb, <clears throat> but then again, he's the Lord. He can say whatever he wants. The point of this joke, this story, is to look at what people do with warnings and why they ignore them. The first story I want to refer to comes from, of all places, uh, my cottage up near Barry's Bay, Ontario, which is in Renfrew County which is a large county in Ontario that spreads all the way from the Ottawa River in the east pretty well to Algonquin Park. And it has seen very low cases of COVID-19 to date, thank God, with one interesting exception that's giving people some pause for concern. And that is Barry's Bay, a town of maybe 1,300 people. It's kind of the, the seat of cottage country up there. Great little place. It's got two grocery stores, uh, an LCBO, a liquor store, and a beer store. And a home hardware, where I have spent thousands of dollars in the past five years, so it has everything that people need. Also, in this very small town are two Catholic churches. It's a very Catholic area. It was founded by Polish immigrants in the 1860s. And there is a school called Our Lady Seat of Wisdom, the motto of which is, The truth shall set you free. This is a rather conservative college attended by, I'm not sure how many students there are, but it's a, it's a college. So these are people in their, you know, late teens, <clears throat> early 20s. Uh, on the website, it claims that they abide by the magisterium, which of course is the official teaching of the Catholic Church as handed down by the, uh, the cardinals and, and the Pope himself. And it turns out that there is a real possibility that the spike in COVID cases is being tied to students from Our Lady's Seat of Wisdom, who are refusing to wear masks in local stores. Now, I'd heard of this anecdotally from a neighbor of mine who said that people in the town are getting pretty pissed 
at these so-called Catholic students who refuse to abide by simple warnings and take the most basic of precautions to stop COVID from happening. There's also an old age home, uh, a retirement home in Barry's Bay. So yeah, this is a serious thing. A bunch of 19-year-olds thinking, you know what, what the hell, I don't have to wear a mask, God's going to save me. And people can suffer. And so the rates are going up and deaths are going up in the region. So, you know, to the students at Our Lady Seat of Wisdom, I don't give a rat's ass what your t- teachers are telling you, what part of the magisterium you're following. Wear a f***ing mask, okay, to stop COVID from spreading. The second story I want to refer to is uh, a series of articles I came across uh, just this morning. And they refer to, yes, the January 6th attack, riot, insurrection, whatever the hell we're going to call it on Capitol Hill. And there are members of um, various law enforcement agencies that are saying that it was a failure of intelligence that led to the breach of the perimeter on Capitol and the destruction and injuries and possibly one death. Although, as I noted in an earlier podcast, even that death is a bit up in the air right now in terms of who caused it. And apparently the law enforcement, the D.C. Uh, patrol, and I guess there's Capitol Police as well. It's, it's a whole bunch of jurisdictions. It's kind of like, a, you know, too many cooks in the kitchen. They claim that um, they didn't get intelligence in time. And yet here is uh, what I have heard is that the FBI actually gave them a report days in advance, which said we have intelligence. We have information that points to the possibility of a storming of the Capitol. So the intelligence was there in advance, and yet people didn't act on it. Another story I read, I'm just trying to find it here. This is from the Washington Post, and it says, uh, quote, around 7 p.m. on January the 5th, less than 24 hours before an angry mob overran the U.S. Capitol, an FBI bulletin warning that extremists were calling for violent attacks on Congress landed in an email inbox used by D.C. Police Department. That same evening, a member of the Capitol Police received the same memo. Here's the, here's the crux. But the alert was not flagged for top officials at either agency. How is this an intelligence failure? I mean, what do you want the FBI to do? Send two boats in a helicopter? Like, like, how much more warning do you need to see that this is a serious situation and that it should be taken seriously? You should have the manpower or the woman power on board to try and make sure this doesn't happen. This wasn't an intelligence failure. This is a failure to act on intelligence. Those are two very different things. Those are apples and oranges, or apples and kiwis, or apples and persimmons, or something. Getting a little tired of people pointing the finger at intelligence agencies, law enforcement agencies, for not doing what we we want them to do, when in fact they have the information at their hands already. And in some cases, they're sharing it. In most cases, they're sharing it. So the last bit of this, which I want to kind of point to, and I've pointed to it already in an op-ed piece in the Ottawa Citizen, part of the Post Media Network here in Canada last week, is the fact that Canadian intelligence agencies have been warning the Canadian government for the better part of 20 years that the People's Republic of China, the PRC, China, uh, is stealing our secrets, it is infiltrating corporations, it is exerting influence uh, on MPs, members of parliament, it is harassing Canadian citizens who happen to be of Chinese origin, especially Uyghurs and Tibetans. It is showing up on campuses trying to shut down free speech. CSIS, the Canadian Security Intelligence Service, where I worked for, for 15 years, has been ad nauseum giving this warning to the Canadian government of whatever political stripe. And yet nobody seems to be listening. What else do you want CSIS to do? 
by its legislation, it's an advisory body. Under its act, it advises the government of Canada. It collects the intelligence, it processes it, it analyzes it, it wraps it up with a bow, and it advises the government. If the government chooses not to take the advice to go off in a different direction, how the hell is that Caesar's fault? How the hell is that? How's that a failure in intelligence? Now, to be fair, yes, there were, there were failures in intelligence in the past. Air India, the single greatest aviation terrorist attack in history prior to 9-11, which was executed by Canadian Sikh terrorists in 1985, that was an intelligence failure. We didn't have enough information at the time to prevent the attack from happening. And as a result, 329 people died. I go through this in some detail in my, in my latest book, which I'll refer to in the end notes. So yes, there are intelligence failures. Capitol Hill was not one of them. The COVID outbreak in Barry's Bay is not one of them. This information was there in advance. The Canadian government, the Trudeau government's inability to deal with China is not one of them. You can lead a horse to water, but you can't make him act on the intelligence. How's that for a mixed metaphor? So next time you read an article which says, failure of intelligence, ask one simple question. Is it really? Or is something else going on here? I'd like to recognize the uh, Calgary Flames. This is the jersey worn at the, the uh, annual Heritage Game back in 2011, which was held, I believe, in the Saddle Dome in Calgary. Or was it the Commonwealth Stadium in Edmonton? Anyway, one of the two. Uh, outdoor game, probably 50,000 attendants. Good old Canadian hockey outdoors. And of course, we have to uh, discuss the latest Hardy Boys bit of wisdom. This comes from the Phantom Freighter. Oh, that sounds scary. When forging rare documents, it's not enough just to write on aged paper. You should also familiarize yourself with old phraseology to employ in your writing so that you don't get caught. Did I read that correctly? Or are the Hardy Boys, these squeaky clean American boy detectives, advocating forgery? Hmm. I wonder what their, their dad thought about that one. Probably not too much. Anyhow, that's what I think. What do you think about failures of intelligence? Am I being too sensitive here, given my three plus decades in the field? Or is it maybe a little more complicated than that? You can reach me on email, borealisrisk at gmail.com or on Twitter at borealisaves. You can also find me on LinkedIn or on Facebook. If you like the content, want to get more, go to the website, borealisthreatandrisk.com. Hit the subscribe button. You'll get free daily digest, all the information to your inbox, first thing in the morning, all the blogs, all the podcasts, all the media interviews, etc. There's also a button on the homepage for my new book, The Peaceable Kingdom, A History of Terrorism in Canada from Confederation to the Present. You can order it there. It's only $25 Canadian plus $5 shipping and handling within Canada, 15 outside of Canada. I just I just uh, put in for the third print run. So if you want a copy, please go to the website, give me your name and your address. I'll be happy to send you a, a, a signed copy. The signature is free, not the book though. Anyhow, I'll talk to you again soon. Until then, stay safe. Oh, and P.S. Sorry for making God use the F-bomb.